welcome to a double stuffed episode of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can catch the show live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash pressyyz, every Thursday on youtube.com slash pressyyz, or on your own time on any podcast service you may choose. Before we get started, a reminder as always that we here at Press YYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than by being excellent to one another. I say double stuffed because we are here tonight. There were two of us last week, and now there are four. I am joined, as always, by the incomparable Mr. Alexander Cozy Cozina. Hello. I was told before we started today's stream that I look real dirty, but in a cool action movie kind of way. The man of many backdrops, Mr. A.J. Fraser. I mean, dirt is a relative term. You could have just ran, you know, a little bit of uh, the double stuffed cookie crumbs over your face or something for all we know. (laughs) No joke. I literally have double stuffed Oreos in a drawer like a few feet from me right now because I'm going to be using them on my baking project tomorrow. And joining us once again from the PlayStation Experience podcast one, Haley Zorel or Haley, a.k.a. Shepard Zorel, a.k.a. Let everyone know who you are. Uh, uh, Haley Nicole Miller works as well, uh, okay. or as Dev and Delvin like to call me, the Secretary of the Spoil, and my colloquial nickname on the podcast is the Platinum Princess, but now I want Oreos. Thanks, Cozy. <laughs> I'm sorry I started the episode off that way, but it just came to me. I had to. Um, I, as not always, but sometimes, am your host, Mr. Mitch George, and, uh, how's everyone doing? Oh, before we get into it, today we are going to be talking a lot about microtransactions, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, kind of around the release of Pokemon Unite, as well as the Halo deep dive into the technical uh, the technical test that's happening this upcoming weekend. If you are listening in the future, the August long weekend up here in Canada, at least, uh, first weekend of August. Um, and we're going to kind of, you know, hash out how we think we could improve microtransactions or what games need to do to focus on better transactions that they need to put into these free to play experiences. Okay. Yeah. So back to it. How's everyone doing? I mentioned it, AJ, you've been playing a lot of Pokemon Unite, right? Yeah. Uh, we played some, uh, last week and that was fun. Um, I just forgot. I forgot about that, but yeah, we did. We did. Um, yeah, it's uh, okay. So it's a, it's the inspiration for the overall topic of the show, basically. Um, but I just I, I want to talk about what I think is good about it first before we even dive at all into that. Um, but yeah, it it's the Pokemon MOBA, and I, I spoke about it previously when I got into the uh, beta on the Android phones, um, and. As a core concept, it's good. I feel like Pokemon is kind of made for that sort of thing, you know, depending on the, the Pokemon uh, that they invent. I, I can't imagine, like, a Whale Lord being very good on that map. I don't know. Um, Never know. But, it, I, I mean, hey, if they made a water map, think about it. Maybe think they could it. do a, a tag team of Skitty and Whale Lord. Oh. It worked in the got, trading card game, but I doubt it's going to work here. Um, I got no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a uh, yeah it, it, it's a it's a pokemon moba it's dota league of legends but pokemon um and uh they do a good job of making it accessible for the most part um and, and something that's relatively easy to wrap your head around 
I mean, yep. you alluded to this. I've been playing a lot of this, more of this than I'd like to admit uh, mm-hmm. this past week. Um, because as everyone will know, you put Pokemon on anything and I'm going to play a ton of it. Um, and I've honestly really enjoyed my time with it. I've never been one for MOBAs, but this one, for whatever reason, maybe it's just the interweaving of Pokemon mechanics or terminology I'm at least somewhat familiar with. It makes it an easier jumping off point for the genre. Mm -hmm. Maybe now I'll go and spend thousands of dollars in Dota or League. I hope I don't, but you never know. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but it definitely, you can definitely tell this was a game built for mobile, mostly because of the monetization model. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. it, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's not the worst there ever was, but the, mm. We'll get into it in a bit, but specifically for this game, there are elements of it that you can pay to be better than other people who are playing at the same skill level which uh if you're gonna grind to earn the same currency in game to unlock these upgrades that you have to or you kind of need if you want to you know feel at all decent and ranked um yeah otherwise you're gonna get curb stopped like i do most of the time you know it's a little bit uh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say i've never played a moba so I, i i'm lost Honestly, this is a good one to jump into if you're at all interested in the genre or in Pokemon. Because um, it does a pretty good job of holding your hand. Yeah, I don't And does switch, things kind though. of differently than other MOBAs where it, rather than just trying to, like, you're, you're trying to essentially overrun these, like, control points and scoring points in those control points to destroy them and inevitably work your way down the entirety of a lane to get to your opponent's base and you know, mess them up that way. Um, is it, but is it only it, on switch? So for right now, now it's it is, only on switch. Yeah. For yeah. now it is switch ah. exclusive and it's coming to iOS and Android, I think in August or September. Okay. Cause I'd have to I don't, up. I don't have a switch anymore. So, so it's a little bit surprising that both uh, you Mitch and AJ have checked this game out because if you go back in time, uh, and listen to the episode of Press YZ where Pokemon Unite was just announced. I feel like I was the only one on that episode that was at least moderately positive about it. I thought it was a neat little reveal, and I expressed my desire to eventually play it when it came out, uh, and yet I have not played it at all. Now, here's the thing. I don't particularly care much about MOBAs, but I really do love Pokemon games where you have the opportunity to directly control the Pokemon in question uh, that are not called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. I've always found the way that you, like the movement mechanics in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon have always felt to be very just stilted and not super fun. Uh, And I've been kind of waiting for a Pokemon game like this where like you get to directly control uh, the Pokemons and it kind of feels natural and free flowing. And so I want to ask you guys, like on a very kind of basic level, does controlling Pokemon in Pokemon Unite feel fun? You go first, Mitch. Sometimes. Hmm. Um, I feel like maybe I have to tinker with the settings and I'm going to kind of do so right here while I can. Um, I, I find like the way oh, I should turn that volume down so it's not getting cut on the stream. Um, I find the way that your attacks auto target um, tends for me to make it a little difficult. Like 
at least with the way I have it set, it'll prioritize auto-targeting enemy players and not necessarily wild Pokemon. So if I'm attacking a wild Pokemon and an enemy player were to come into the screen, it's going to automatically move and start attacking them instead. And if I'm using a character that's more melee, like a Gengar or a Garchomp, I may not necessarily want that if it's a ranged uh, competitor that I'm going up against. So maybe it's me just needing to tinker with the controls or with the settings to not auto-lock in that way. Um, but I found that a little jarring. But all in all, I think the controls are dead simple of... You move with the analog stick, you target with the right analog stick. Your two right shoulder buttons are your two like special attacks and you have one button for like basic attacks. Very, very simple. Very easy did, to hop into and, and kind of wrap your head around very quickly. Does the, like playing the game, does the game do a good job of really making each Pokemon that you play as feel distinctive uh, from each other? Like, does Zera Aura feel like speedy and quick uh, where uh, in a way that like something like Snorlax, for example, feels like very slow and lumbering? I can't comment on Snorlax as I have not played a match with Snorlax, but uh, AJ, I'll let you take this one. Uh-oh. We can't AJ? hear you, bud. Oops. I played a not few... Not a problem. I played a few matches with uh, Snorlax in uh, the the phone beta uh, a while ago, and um, uh, in terms of like the animation style, um, they it tricks your head. A big lumbering Pokemon like that does feel like it moves the way it's supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the uh, what's his name? I, I don't know what that the Zaraora is that Zaraora. To be fair, he's a pretty new he's a pretty new Pokemon. Even I hesitated for a second when I saw his name. And he he is a free gift if you log into the game before the end of August. So if you have any inclinations to play Cozy, definitely at least boot it up before that point Mm. and get hooked on it the way that I have. Yeah. Um when when the animation so the when you leave your 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 normal base and and go between your I'll call them towers for the Dota uh, peeps out there. Um, you, you get a speed boost. Um, and once you're outside of that, you, you, your speed reduces down to what is quote unquote normal. It looks like Zaraora is running through molasses where some, something like this, um, Garchomp pre-evolution, I forget the name of it. Uh, Gibble? Gibble. 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 Yeah. Um, he looks like he's running normally like, oh yeah, he'd, he'd move that fast or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks like Zara Aura is running. So it, it really it's down to the animations, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there there's like berries that increase your speed, like that you can find on the map and stuff like that for increase your speed for like ten seconds or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I I kind of have the same issues you did with the the auto aim and everything movement and. And that sort of thing. Um, I'm still trying to find the one that works best for me, but I don't yeah, so quite I know. Was, I was just looking through it, and if I didn't get network errors, I could talk through them a little bit. Um, so for the lock, auto opponent lock-on, you have the option of uh, targeting the lowest remaining HP by percent or value, and or the closest Pokemon. And then you can actually change the attack controls from the default controls where A is just to attack the closest Pokemon to advanced controls where A attacks the closest opponent pokemon and b attacks the closest wild pokemon 
So you can change your so, target based on that if you wanted to. I just haven't really wrapped my head around so, which works best for me. Yeah, so um, there there is one one setting in there that I accidentally activated. Um, it'll just default auto-aim to whatever I, I guess is closest or something or whatever I have that set to. But there's a, a big disk on the on uh, the screen on the right-hand side um, that shows uh, portraits of all the enemy Pokemon. And when they, when they get close, their portrait lights up. And then you can move the right stick over and kind of target them. And you can o like focus on that one Pokemon, which I think is good for, for like advanced competitive play. But, you know, it doesn't exactly mean a lot when you can, when, when that opponent most likely spent a little bit of money to have a little bit faster of a run speed than you. Um, and, you know, you're trying to run away and like, yeah. Is there it, an item it, that increases speed? I, I hadn't think, found something like that yet. I could I could swear th swear there was because um, there there have been moments where uh, I was just in like a, a one on one fight and I started to to lose you know for whatever reason um, and then I I try to escape um, and they were able to somehow catch up to me. That could just Which, be I don't it, it could be the Pokemon like the different Pokemon it have could different be the speed Pokemon values. itself. Yeah. Um, it, the other thing too, some have attacks that are dash attacks that allow you to move around the map. Yeah, a and, and they didn't even use a dash attack. It, um, it, it was either their their default their their base speed was a, a lot higher. faster than I was anticipating or whatever, but it definitely didn't feel correct because I can run. You can run from your base right alongside every single one of your teammates, and and nobody's faster than anybody else. But the fact that I was getting pounced on so easily, you know, it, it some some of that was it. Some of that needs to be uh, worked out a little bit. Okay, so there is an item that will increase movement speed when you're not in combat. Yeah. So it could have been that. It could have been that, and something could have because he was technically in combat. Uh, and uh, if he's not attacking you, technically he's not in combat. Well, that's the thing. He he got up. He he was close enough. To, to do some attacks and he caught up to me and I don't know I don't I, what defines in combat in in this specific game I don't know that's I think part of what needs to be clarified to the player but I I agree with you that I think the item the way they've implemented these hold items essentially like it's not player friendly honestly I wish there was a mode that just disabled them entirely Rank, and then it ranked ranked play so. it ranked pl it it's it's good to strategize to to boost your you know whatever your stats or whatever and build your you can build your character that way um but what's not good is that you can pay money to have the maximum benefit um and have a competitive edge in ranked play ranked play should you should still be able to hold the items but they should just be either default stat or mid-range or something or everything like when, when you similar when to you, competitive Pokemon where they level the playing field, everyone's at level 50. Exactly. They should have similar mechanics here, which I totally agree with. Yeah. If people, it, yeah. And, and for, for fun game modes where, where people um, aren't necessarily competing for anything skill-based or whatever, I don't, I don't care if they pay money and they get this necessarily different way to enjoy. If it was in the practice mode and they wanted to do that or just, just with their friend, you know, it wouldn't matter. But, you know, the fact that you can 
increase your 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 stats by like five percent uh can give you that little bit of an advantage and all you have to do is pay like 160 bucks and yeah i i had not done the math i'm sure there's a subreddit post somewhere out there Breaking that's done down. the math on leveling these items up but i'm gonna, I'm gonna i look was that able up. I go for it. I was able to just through play um, unlock a number of items because they have like this daily challenge thing where after seven days you unlock Crustal as a playable Pokemon. Uh, but throughout that, you would unlock various hold items. So I have a bunch of them unlocked, not all of them, mind you. Um, one of those that I don't have is that one that increases speed, which I feel could be super helpful. Um, but even then I've leveled up some of my gear that I like using to like level 10, level six, level five, depending. Um, but you can go all the way up to 15. So I feel like, yeah, players that have gotten to that point are likely to have that slight advantage over others. Um, also Gengar is uber broken in this game. Like oh, yeah. beyond broken. Um, I have not unlocked the character, but you can still use them. You just don't earn as many like beginner points or something like that, like battle mm -hmm. points um, in every mode, but ranked. And if you use Gengar with Sludge Bomb and Hex, if you use the move Hex on a Pokemon that is inflicted with a status condition, which Sludge Bomb mm. inflicts you with poison, Hex recharges in one second. Mm. Wow. So it is absolutely broken where I will go in, I will Sludge Bomb a group. I could be I could be at like half health, go four v one, and just go in and spam hacks after I've thrown a sludge bomb and wipe them all out. It is uber broken, like in a like they got to do some balancing for sure. It seems like the game still needs a little bit of work before it's quite at the place where I'm sure that the Pokemon Company wants it to be. But you know, I think what's really cool about a game like this is that it has the potential to kind of spotlight Pokemon that previously have not really been given the spotlight. Uh, you brought up Crustle a little bit earlier. I was actually hearing from someone who had played as Crustle that apparently he's like a pretty powerful, cool Pokemon. So I think that's pretty neat. You know, oftentimes with these uh, Pokemon spinoffs, I think you see a lot of kind of familiar faces. Oftentimes you see a lot of Gengars, you see a lot of uh, Gardevoirs, you see a lot of Charizards. And so I'm looking forward to seeing more of the crustals of the Pokemon world be given the limelight in this experience. And I'm looking forward to playing it myself, although I'm going to need to figure out when that's going to be because I have not yet carved out time to do so just yet. Well, if you don't have the time to do that, Cozy, what do you have the time to play right now? Uh, I have the time to play uh, a few games, including Halo 2. Uh, I'm not going to get super deeply into my Halo 2 experience because I want to be uh, here alongside Alex Fallon to talk about it in the future because I'm sure he would be very happy to hear that I have really been enjoying Bungie's uh, acclaimed sequel. Um, Halo 1, to make a super long story short, was not uh, as good as I wanted it to be for me personally. I thought it was more of a really great tech demo for what the Halo universe could be than an utterly amazing game. Thus far, Halo 2 is everything that I kind of was bracing myself for Halo 1 to be. Uh, it's dated in some ways, certainly, but it's still a very, very well-designed product with some uh, great level design, some real super-duper uber epic moments, uh, including 
a moment right at the beginning of the game where spoilers uh chief goes for a bombing dive with uh, a little spiky hedgehog of a bomb and uh i, I mean nobody told me how amazing the cutscenes were going to be for the anniversary version of the game which i've been oh, yeah, like swapping sure. on and off between the uh, anniversary non-anniversary graphics the anniversary cutscenes amazing amazing and I, I'm, I'm not even like somebody who's like super yeah. invested in the world of halo to begin with those were made made uh, by Blur Studios, who I yep. believe also did some uh, Halo Wars uh, cutscenes and stuff. Um, they're really well known for for doing those really good hyper realistic and uh, very good dramatic cutscenes and stuff. Uh, plus, you can um, you can mid mid game you can press the uh, back button and uh, toggle it off in the middle of the cutscene as well and see what it used to look like. I did that a little bit for the cutscene where Arbiter is being lugged off by those two guys. And I, yep. maybe I'm doing something wrong, but like it would restart the cutscene from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that that is what happens uh, because it's not perfectly synced up. They kind of, yeah. they, they remade the cinematic itself. It's right. not perfectly synced up with the audio. So I believe, you know, that's, it's, I, I am yeah. definitely maybe I won't do it in game, but I'll probably want to check out like a YouTube video later on of what the old cutscenes look like, because, yeah, they're yeah, for sure. Real good. Real fun. Yeah, they don't like the blur. The blur studios cutscenes like nothing holds a candle to those. They are absolutely like, jaw dropping in what they delivered for that. And I hope to to see more of that when uh, when we get to see more of Halo Infinite. I'm hoping that they're going to do a lot of the cinematics there as well. Yeah. Also, interesting how the game like sort of subtly connects itself to the plot of Halo 5 every uh, so often, like including at the very, very beginning of the game where you have that introductory cutscene with Arbiter and uh, what's his face from 5? Locke. Oh, yeah. I haven't, oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. played 5 yet. So. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that, all that stuff obviously was added in in the Master Chief Collection um you know in anticipation of halo 5 coming out the next year um yeah yeah all, all those those lock cutscenes and halo halo 5 cutscenes were it yeah stick with me on this uh, mitchell appreciate this it reminded me a lot of how like whenever they remake a pokemon game they add a bunch of connections in the remake to whatever is like the current uh pokemon generation so, like, for example, when they remade Pokemon Red and Blue with Fire Red and Leaf Green, they added connections to Ruby and Sapphire. When they remade uh, Ruby and Sapphire, they added connections to, like, uh, Generation 6, X and Y, and so on and so forth. Yeah, <sighs> we'll see if we see more of that this fall with uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Although I worry that it, with it not being Game Freak proper, that we won't see as much of that creative kind of... Um, taking license with the the game and it, it, as opposed to it just being a, a true like for like remake but we shall see it's, we shall endure uh, on that point it's a little surprising that like we have not seen anything else of the diamond and pearl remakes since their first unveiling i know there was like a little snippet of the games uh as far as like some promotional video nintendo release and people were pointing out that the games look a lot better in that video now but like that and pokemon legends arceus have not been seen in some time is it arceus or arceus because i've been calling Ar it arceus Arceus. anything it's anything 
Nope. I'm going to find Arceus. the official pronunciation from Pokemon. Is there Arceus. an official pronunciation of it? There I've always never is, God damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was talking about this with a friend. I... Like I don't, I think that Diamond and Pearl remakes will probably hit their release date. I would not be surprised if Pokemon Arceus slash Arceus slash Arceus slash whatever you want to call it gets delayed by a little bit. I mean, Kina got delayed earlier today, so what did it? Sorry, yeah, hmm. uh, K- uh, Kina Kenna, however you oh, pronounce Kenna? it, oh, Br- Bridge yeah. of Spirits got delayed till September twenty first earlier today. So that's unfortunate because I'm that is one of my most anticipated games of the year. I'd rather them delay it and you know release Make it, it good. in a state where yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's like two days after my anniversary, so I feel like I'm gonna be busy that weekend, which is unfortunate. Are you gonna live stream your anniversary like you did your wedding? Nope. That's Come just on. for me. And Come both. on. Hell no. Did you find uh, OnlyFans, the... OnlyFans.com slash George. Oh, Mitch, did you find the solution to our pronunciation predicament? So a promotional... No, actually, that's the problem. Uh, before it was officially revealed, fans pronounced it Arceus, as is the pronunciation in Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Nintendo Wii. Then, in a promotional trailer for the film Arceus and the Jewel of Life, it was pronounced Arceus. Uh, the official pronunciation was later revealed in a Pokemon.com mailbag as Arceus. So God damn it. It's all of them, apparently, according to Pokemon. Um, well, we can I've probably... Say- I mean, Sorry, the way no. that they pronounce it in the trailer for Pokemon Legends Arceus is probably, like, the most correct way that I'm, I'm sticking with Arceus. Say it. I'm going to stick with Arceus. Let's just... We'll see who, uh, who corrects me. Uh, I want to just hold on a second. Here we go. All right, you do that. Right. Uh, I do want to. Sp- not very loud. All of a sudden. Um, I do. Oh wait, they say d- that- do they not even say? No, nope, that that's why I asked. They don't. Oh, no, say wait a minute. In the trailer. They they said it in the direct, but not in the trailer. Okay, this is this is a wild goose chase. We're we're not going to bother. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, but I've been saying since E three. That I fully expect we're going to get a Pokemon Direct before the end of the summer. Um, I still I still stand by that. I think if the f- official first day of August is September twenty or if autumn is September twenty first, that before the end of summer, I I do still think that we'll get a Pokemon Direct where we'll get an update on Diamond and Pearl with whatever neat mechanic they're going to have in that game to have it be different than everything else. An update mm. on Arceus, which may or may not be accompanied by a delay. We'll see. Pokemon's been pretty good about hitting dates once they put things put dates on things. So we'll see. Um, yeah. As well as probably some... Uh, honestly, I feel like it, it will probably coincide with the mobile release of uh, Pokemon Unite. Because I know that's going to be big to get more... Like, the Switch version is one thing. But I know specifically for the Chinese market, they're going to want to push the mobile version hard. Um, so the more the more advertising and the more pushing of that version they can do, the better. Um, So I would expect before that game releases in September that we'll get a direct highlighting the mobile version with new content as well as updates on Arceus, Diamond Pearl. Maybe we'll get Pokemon Sleep. Maybe we'll get an update to Pokemon Smile or whatever that toothbrush thing was. (laughs) That one was released, though. It was released, but they need to add new content. It's been forever since AJ and I compared photos with Pokemon hats while brushing our teeth. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll even get uh, a Pokemon game for the uh, uh, Vitality Sensor one day. That would be nice. Well, until we get 
uh, Nintendo supporting things that are no longer being supported. AJ, why is your background Windows 95? Uh, so uh, I, I've hit a, a bit of a nostalgia wave uh, recently. Um, and I made my phone look, it's going to be hard to see here. It looks and acts like Windows 95 slash 98. Um, hold hold on, I got a, a, a nice screenshot. image that, for it's people an older watching the Twitch stream to look at. It's an oh, older yeah. screenshot. I've updated some of the icons and everything. But um, yeah, the, the, the start button works and everything. Um, and there's a fun little Easter egg thing here. If you press this back button that's on the bottom of my screen, it pops up a blue screen, which is great. I love that. Um, hmm. But yeah, the, the start button brings up the app drawer and the uh, the search uh, button here at the bottom of my screen brings up the, um, uh, like, just your, your typical Google search. Um, I had to use uh, two different apps to, to, to set it up. Uh, one is Nova Launcher um, so that uh, I could do whatever the heck I wanted with um, the, the interface of the Android phone. Um, which is, listen, I could make this, I could make this thing look and act like an iPhone if I wanted to. I don't want to, but I could. Um, and then there's another app called KLWP, which is, I forget what that stands for. I think it's like custom, but with a K, um, live wallpaper. Um, mm -hmm. and essentially that makes your, your background, uh, interactable. Um, and so... What I've also what I've done is with within Nova Launcher, I've changed the icons for like Chrome to look like an old Netscape Navigator. Oh, don't don't fall asleep, Mitch. It's okay. It's okay. You'll be. It's fine. <laughs> That's been a um, Netscape Nav it, Navigator. That's a name I have not heard in quite some time. Hey, apparently, uh, not, it, not, apparently, not to show my age. Yeah. What's Netscape Navigator? The original web browser. The original before Internet Explorer, there was Netscape Navigator, and it's such a much better. Was name. there? Yes. I, it I event, mean, uh, like what was it like uh, around concurrently to Internet Explorer? Did Internet it Explorer was only come point. out afterwards? At, Internet Explorer came out afterwards. Um, like you had to buy a disk for Netscape Navigator because you couldn't download it because you didn't have a web browser. So eventually. Um, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, Internet Explorer came out built into Windows at some point. Uh, I think it but was Netscape, with 95. 95 or Later builds of 95 included uh, Internet yeah, Explorer, later. which was a huge yeah. improvement because it wasn't, you didn't have to go out and get your Netscape disk the way to go out and get your AOL disk to access the internets. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, like there are some of the, the origins of Netscape Navigator the look on Cozy's face is he is just drinking this all in right now. Like looking at this Wikipedia page, he is, he is. Well, no, I'm trying to. I'm, it. I'm um, trying to find what year Internet Explorer was released, and it's <laughs> it's just a mess of dates. There's no. It doesn't matter because now Microsoft's decommissioning it, right? So it doesn't matter. Uh, the yeah, I mean, it's exactly. last its last day of life is December 30th this year, and Thank uh, God. I that's wanted... going to make work so much easier. Not Here's... having to support Internet Explorer anymore. Here's my favorite part. Most of the programs that I use for work are still centered on Internet Explorer. So love to know how that's going to work out. Well, oh, it's not. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be this. It's going to be Windows XP all over again of 
every business having to pay Microsoft for an extended support license. Yeah. Which is probably the, um, the reason why they're killing it. Yeah, maybe. Um, just AJ, long story short, I think Netscape AJ Navigator is correct. eventually... AJ is yeah. correct. Netscape Navigator did narrowly release before Internet Explorer. Yeah. Like, literally, it was like a matter of, like, months, if not, like, just a year. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, also, um, the the fundamentals of Netscape Navigator um, are what what eventually became Firefox. Um, whether it be you are the, correct, yeah. Yeah. So if you use Firefox, you might still be using Netscape Navigator, and you're one of the OGs. Hmm. I, I use Chrome. I, I like primarily use Chrome. of the internet. <laughs> yeah, I primarily I don't use think Chrome it's that, these days. But... I don't think it's that harsh, but let me... Uh... What I do is like I have all I, I use Chrome as my web browser for like all of the accounts and whatnot that are connected to PressYZ, and I use Firefox for all of my like personal, personal accounts. Yeah, yeah. So as of I, uh, June 2021, 65.27 percent of the internet worldwide uses Chrome, hmm. which is a lot lower than I expected it to be, to be honest. Well, I mean, can you guess what's in second place? Edge, Internet Explorer. Nope. Firefox. Firefox. Opera. Nope. Nope. Safari. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, At 18.34%, Safari had the second most browser traffic out of any I mean, that browser feels... in June 2021. I mean, it makes sense. It, uh, it also does kind of feel like cheating considering that it's a proprietary but th uh, then again chrome well, you know comes pre-installed on a bunch of google products so, so yeah safari I mean, I'm, I'm, is the safari is the internet explorer of apple products so my uh, no because it's usable it, well nah, it, yeah it's, it's it's usable but also i don't want to go on an internet safari e even if you download like google chrome to run on an iphone you're still actually using safari like that's that's how it works. Like it's it's not actually running Chrome on your phone. No, it is. It's running. It. It's running Chromium in in a in an app version, same as Firefox running the proprietary Firefox on on iPhone. They do run as their platforms. Um, they're not just showing like browser like the built in like most apps. You'll this is going to go down a weird rabbit hole because I've done do mobile it. development Let's for years, it. but. Most mobile apps on Android or iOS are going to, if you're using the, the default built-in browser views that are part of the SDK, then yeah, you're just basically running Chrome or Safari, depending on the platform. Um, but if they're building custom stuff, which I oh, imagine okay. companies that big are doing, then it's going to run on whatever it is they're putting on the device. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's similarly, like, it's all based around the architecture. So, essentially, like, they're going to take versions of Chrome or Safari or Firefox or Opera, even though no one should use Opera. Or, I mean, there's uses for Opera. It's just bad. Unless you, if um, you're still using a Wii, you can use Opera. That's fine. Oh, God, that's what the browser was on the Wii. I forgot. Yeah. I, I, God, that was weird. That, yeah. Uh, Opera was also the fourth most used browser in June. Ew. Wow. Uh, behind Edge. <laughs> who, who, uh, who wants to internet use... What, what comes after Opera, then? Oh, this thing doesn't track Internet Explorer. That's why. Uh, let me turn off... Oh, no. Firefox was actually... Hold on. Turn these off. Yeah. Hawaii is Firefox there. has to be in there somewhere, you know. No, Firefox is in there at third, I think, but it is very close to... Uh, 
edge. Let me see. Let me shut everything else off. Yeah, I cannot get it to, to tell me. Show me. I need to know. That's nah, okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at those things on mobile. And I think the reason that Chrome and Safari are one and two is probably driven mostly by mobile traffic rather mm. than browser, right? Because most people, like the majority of the world has Android phones. So Chrome is obviously going to be number one. And then all your iPhones are using Safari by default. And most people aren't going to go around that because it's a pain in the ass, unlike on Android where it's not to use whatever you want. Um, but also I'm of the ilk back to your conversation of making your phone do things that your phone doesn't natively do. Um, that sounds like very 2008 Mitch who would go and jailbreak his iPod touch. Uh, <laughs> 2021 Mitch just yep. wants to get a phone and have it do phone things without it doing things where I have to like do factory resets and stuff. Cause I messed up so, the placement <laughs> of a touch area for friggin' internet explorer or some what, crap on your phone with, with, with what I've done to my phone. It's just stock Android in there. It's it's just a program that runs it, in front of Android. That's all yeah, it is. Nova's terrible. It's or at least it fine. was when I used it in twenty thirteen. No, okay, you know it's it's a lot better now, and it's usually the one people default to recommending. At this also, point. iPhones I, just work. I I don't. Yeah, iPhones I, are garbage. Hi, this just works. I yes, don't. Haley. So, so did this, iPhone, but I can do whatever I want with it. You can't. Yes, uh, I can because I can also, do whatever I want with it. Because what I want to do with it is phone things. That I don't sounds ca- boring. I don't. Ca- <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't because need to be I can. To phone. I, I can text my best friend who lives in Tennessee for free. It doesn't okay. cost me part of my monthly phone. I don't care that it can't do Android things because I don't care. It's it's so I can text my let's, best friend. Let's who lives pay. In Tennessee. Let's pay an extra amount of money for overpriced and underpowered hardware just to get it to do the bare minimum. Okay, makes perfect sense. All right, Haley. So you use that phone <laughs> to text your friend in the U.S. What else are you using to use your phone with and other things? And what are you, what have you been up to? We haven't talked about uh, how you how you been. Uh, I got a job. Yay! Hey. All right. Uh, I don't really like it, but it's a job. It's uh, a job. Money. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, it pays well though, so that helps. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's financial information for American banks. Eight hundred of them, I might oh. add. So I don't, I don't miss I don't miss working in financial services. You have fun with that. Uh, uh yeah, it, I, I'm a call center rep for uh public service credit unions. So wow, uh, that sounds terrible. But as long as as long as you're you know, enjoying the benefits of it. I'm glad to hear that, uh, yeah. you found something that you can kind of tolerate. <laughs> I mean, kind of, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I won't move my camera, but right. You'll notice that everything's in a different position from the last time we talked. Cause there's now a second computer on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that my work computer is a Mac and this desk I have has a drawer. So five o'clock ish, hits and that mac goes in a drawer and i'm back I mean, to my lovely pc setup my de- my desk is an old glass patio table i don't actually have a desk <laughs> so we we haven't actually talked since i moved um we bought a bunch of stuff off the previous owners including this desk that i'm at it's this nice older like tempered glass wooden desk it's pretty nice yeah uh other than that i picked up returnal uh Ooh. You picked up what is probably my game of the year so far. What do you think? I'm enjoying it. Uh, I yesterday first picked up the Hollow Seeker for the first time. 
Ooh, Hollow Seek is a good one. Uh, and then immediately got obliterated by the bladed enemy that's scripted to come into the room the f- first time you pick it up. Uh, hmm. Yeah. It, it, that game's made to make you die at least the one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes otherwise. I nearly beat the first boss um, in like the first time I actually got to the boss room because that game is confusing with map layouts. Um, I I got there, got it down to the final bar because like obviously it's got like the three bars of health. Um, died, and then I guess the house gives you the astronaut thing. So like, yeah, it brought me back, but I got trapped in one of the little corner areas of the room and got just got obliterated. Uh, no. I did find I did finally beat it uh, the other day. Actually, like right after uh, we finished recording on Sunday. I beat the boss for the first time, and now I've been traversing the Crimson Wastes, which, you know, obviously is where you pick up the Hollow Seeker for the first time, uh, so that weapon's fun, uh, the Carbine is my favorite weapon in there right now, um, it just shoots fast, which is nice, because being able to move is good. Other than that, I don't know that I'm gonna stick with it, because Hades comes out in, like, two weeks, and I've been very Mm. excited to play that, so... Yeah, as someone who's only played Hades on the Switch, I'm excited to play it on a platform that can run at 60 FPS. Because that, the fun story I have with Hades is I spent most of my time playing Hades on my honeymoon um, and didn't play it much after I got back because it released the day, uh, no, like a day or two before I got married. (laughs) So I was playing that the whole time we were away when we had like downtime or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm excited to check it out when it comes to Game Pass, for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, it comes you, to Game Pass day one, so... Yeah, I'm disappointed there's no save transfers there, but I'll still pick it up and probably have more fun with it than uh, than I did on the Switch. Yeah. Did you, did you even beat it on the Switch? The, the way that you're making it sound, Mitch, you didn't even, like, go through it completing it. No, I didn't complete it. I got as far as Hades. Um, okay. Who I think is the final boss of the game. He is, yes. Um, died died against him a couple of times, and then never really went back to it. Mm. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to check that out. It comes out on the twelfth, uh, which is ironically the same day as uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's second DLC pack. So, yeah, what else is coming out in August? Now I'm curious because uh, now we're well, gonna get into the the season of everything coming out all at once. Uh, there um, was there was Kena, but no more. So yeah, Kena's now got pushed, which honestly take all the time you need. But I'm I can't be, I I it, it's hard for me to hide my disappointment because of how excited or how much I'm anticipating that title. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? We've got uh, Skatebird finally coming out the day before oh, Hades. Hell yeah. Um, we've got Road ninety six coming out on the sixteenth. The um, indie title we saw for the Switch and PC. Uh, we've mm. got 12 minutes on the 19th, which I think is another day one game pass, right? Yes, yep. Um, the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima comes out in August. Yep. Uh, Psychonauts 2, uh, No More Heroes 3, and the HD remaster of Toy Soldiers. We're getting a lot of stuff mm. in August. We have a busy month for some of us. Yeah, I'll be playing Hades and the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima. Still not excited to have to pay $30 for it, though. I don't mind it for a game that I'm 
think was like runner up for my game of the year last year. Um, see if I can yeah. find it actually, because we have that. We did that. See so, if I can find that. So like my issue isn't that it's thirty dollars for the thing. My issue is that the DLC is twenty dollars, and if you're buying the PS5 upgrade, it should just be twenty dollars to get the DLC for the PS5 upgrade. It, there should not be a ten dollars surplus charge to get the PS5 version of the game. That's my issue. I have the same issue with Death Stranding. Unfortunately, though, I can't like you know, vote with my wallet because PlayStation podcasts. So, <laughs> I mean, you could, you very much I, could. I, I could, but I very much, if I'm going to play the DLC for ghost, I want the haptics. So I have to pay the $30. Yeah. But I mean, that's fair. It, it, it's funny, like talking about like $10 in the grand scheme of things for a game that you ultimately feel is going to be improved by those features. I think for me personally, that ten dollars is worth it for what you mentioned: the haptics, perform like the performance, the presumable load times, ray tracing, all that fun stuff uh, that can only be done with the PS5 version of the game. I so. mean, but the PS4 version loads in like sixteen seconds already. So, like, how are they going to improve the true. loads? Why I don't think I they find this damn like, game of the year thing we did. I need to like, know. Sucker Punch came out and said they had to slow down the loads because the game loaded too fast. You couldn't read the loading screen tips. Hmm. So yeah, it's I, one of those things where you just wish that it was a little bit more consistent across uh, Sony's, you know, first party studios. You know, well, first party studios and also prominent third party developers like Square Enix. Well, I, I just mean like it's weird because the pushback that 505 games got justifiably for the Control Ultimate Edition situation, yeah. when they ultimately proved that they could have given the upgrade for free when they accidentally did give it to people for free and then they revoked it. Uh, hmm. That got a huge amount of pushback, but this doesn't seem to be getting pushback, so I don't understand. I did find our 2020 Game of the Year thing that we did, and Ghost of Tsushima was my runner-up for Game of the Year. Only losing out to Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, <laughs> I'm very excited to check that one out when it comes to PS5. Because, uh, like, cause like it, was, it was also weird, right? Like, I know it's a Square Enix game first, but it's technically PlayStation exclusive. Final Fantasy VII Remake was a free upgrade. There was no, like, extra purchase for it. Yeah, the, right. the extra purchase was only if you wanted the DLC. Yeah. Right. I guess that's a that's a square decision. Like, it... Yeah. I don't know. Prob- probably. I don't know. It's weird. All it's I know the, is... It's the curse of the director's cut. If you add director's cut to your game... Uh, you're charging a lot more money for it. You're you're also pissing off Kojima, so. Well, that's the thing too. Is in for a game like this, I, like specifically Ghost of Tsushima or Death Stranding, was the original cut of the game not the director's cut? Like, did they they not get final say on cuts? I feel I, like. Well, <laughs> I mean, it just yeah, feels that... weird to put director's cut on these things as opposed to just like enhanced edition or final cut or. It, I, I don't know. It just I don't know. Yeah. So, so Greg, Mi- Greg, Greg Miller and Blessing had the same, and Blessing Adeoya Jr. for those not familiar had the mm. same argument, and Greg said it best. This is just a brand for PlayStation now. Like it's whenever a definitive edition of a game comes out, it's going to be director's cut instead of definitive edition or something like that. This is just a brand for them. They don't. I don't think it means that like because like here's the thing. 
It hasn't been announced, but I know we're going to get a PS5 native version of The Last of Us Part 2. There is no way we don't mm. if they're already doing Ghosts. We know that Factions has been in development, so I assume that update will come whenever they give the PS5 version of Last of Us Part 2. That's going to be called Director's Cut 2. And Druckmann's already said there's no DLC planned for that game besides like Factions becoming its own thing. So Yeah, it'll that- probably be a thing where Factions... Factions may release in the vein of the Halo Infinite multiplayer of, yes, Halo Infinite is going to come out, it's going to have a story, it's going to be great, and then the multiplayer is going to be its own standalone thing, free to play, battle pass, all that kind of stuff. I can see them going that route with Factions as well, uh, because those have been the rumors is that it'll be its own thing. Um, Well, yeah, it's just like... It makes sense sense to release them around the same time. Yeah, it's also just like, Druckmann has already said, like, there were no cuts made to the story. Like, they told the story they wanted to tell... There is a story for Last of Us 3. It's not in development, but they have it all planned out if they want to do it. Um, th- the point being is that like nothing was cut from Part 2 that they didn't want to cut. So calling it a director's cut is like... No, they had full creative control of it, so... What's funny about the director's cut Kojima discussion is that Kojima helmed the one video game that more than any other video game in existence would significantly benefit from a actual director's cut in the way that we typically use that phrase. And it's metal gear solid five. Yeah. Like you attach director's cut to a altered version of that game. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, there we go. There's an actual proper use of that term, but TBD on when that will ever happen. Yeah. Uh, I think the answer to that is never. (laughs) Um, and I feel like there's going to be enough, like, I feel like Druckmann has I mean, enough you don't a know. working relationship that- with Herman Hulse and the rest of PlayStation that he'd probably be able to sway them away from using the term director's cut, even with that being their like MO these days of just calling it like the last of us part two PS five edition or something along those lines, not saying it's definitive, not saying it's one is better than the other, just you know, putting it out, like, even if they just call it The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Don't put anything on it, just we're p- The Last of Us Part 2 is coming to PS5. No enhancements, no nothing, it's the same game. It's just... Wow, there, there would be well, I mean, they, they won't say that there's, like, differences, but it, it, like, that one, I don't think they'd be able to justify a $10 upgrade. I think that's one they just kind of have to give away. Yeah, well, because, like, here's, oh, the abandoned controversy. Oh, God. Mitch, you keep saying that, oh, man, there's no way that uh, Hideo Kojima or Konami is ever going to release their director's cut version of Metal Gear Solid Five. But lo and behold, Blue Box Game Studios tweeted out, are you ready? We are with an image of a blurred out person with an eye patch. Great. And? who I, has I an got, eye patch, Mitch? Uh, Probably great. Norman Reedus in Punished Kojima's snake. next game. I I literally uh, got in trouble for this on the PlayStation Experience because like, I I am so tired of this conspiracy. This is an indie studio. Kojima is not involved in any way. Also, yeah. it's been confirmed that that person with an eye patch is, is a Unity Store asset. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Also, I don't care... Once we know what it is, we can talk about what it is. But right now, it's nothing. But what we do have that is, is um, things and stuff that I forgot what I want to talk about. Oh, cool. Uh, Fall Guys. Fall Guys is great. They put out a ratchet skin. I got the ratchet skin. It's great. Um, I, uh, I thought you were making a Walking Dead reference. 
thing. I, I was going doing, to. I'm um, doing stuff. I don't have much Lori. else to say about doing Fall Guys things. except come back to Fall Guys with me. Play with me. It's fun. Um, uh, and they've changed it a lot. There's rhinos now. Rhinos are cool. Um, but no, the, the mini game variety is great. Having not played since I think season two, now we're on season five. Um, they've done lots of fun stuff with the game and putting a ratchet skin and it's not just like the other skins they've had from other indie games of, Hey, it's five crowns for the top five crowns for the bottom. Um, in this case, it is, uh, more like there's challenges you have to do to unlock the ratchet skin and you have until, hmm, monday no sunday i think to complete it and then the ratchet challenge starts up on august 6th or clank challenge sorry oh. uh, it's real good if anyone wants do to those, hit me up um, we'll play some more fall guys do those challenges include earning crowns because i don't think i've ever gotten a crown in all my so time there is one there guys. is one challenge for getting a win but that win is in duos mode so if you can have a decent partner who will carry you through and get you a win like i had uh you'll be fine Apologies okay. for picking up the cat, but he was trying to eat my headset cord. So. Yeah, probably oh, good no. reason not to pick up the cat. No, no, no. Good reason to pick up the cat because uh, I have the uh, Arctis Pros and the cord for them is so long that it's like plugged into the back of the PS5 and still has like a bunch of reach. On still get all the way around your room with it. Yeah. So, so like literally I had to pick the cat up to get him away from the cord. Cats, man. Can't trust him. Yeah. yeah. Haley, you mentioned The Walking Dead. What about it? Oh, I'm catching up on it. So, like, I stopped watching originally when Glenn died, and spoilers for The Walking Dead when he died in what? season se- <laughs> when he died in season seven. Um, but now that they're they're doing uh, the final season starts next month, uh, I figured, what the hell? I'll catch up. I'll start from the beginning. Hi, I'm in season six now. Uh, wow, I'm uh, I started like last weekend or whatnot, and it's it's not hard to get here, right? Because like season one's only six episodes, season two's thirteen, and then then they start doing the sixteen episode seasons. Um, I don't know. It's it's fun to catch up. Uh, I honestly much prefer Fear the Walking Dead just because I'm a big fan of Alicia Debnam Carey, who plays Alicia Clark. Uh, and also Lexa on the 100, which I'm still mad about how she died in that show. Uh, Spoilers. For 2015, uh, I get this is why I'm called the secretary of the spoil, according to Devin Delves. <laughs> um, yeah, Walking Dead, I think I fell off somewhere after you did. Like, Glenn had died. I think I watched, like, another season. Um, yeah. It was one of those things where I would watch with my mom and sister every week. And then I moved out and I stopped watching it because yeah. I didn't enjoy it when we were watching it. It was more so, about spending time together. So yeah. So literally everything from season seven, episode two onwards is brand new to me. Um, I'm not there yet, but I will be because I'm on so, the mid season yeah. finale. Uh, when I go eat dinner later, I'm on the mid season finale of season uh, six. However, uh, fun fact for anyone who cares, which is probably not a lot of people, uh, but <laughs> the title of the season seven premiere is actually the exact line that uh, Jenner said to Rick in season one in the CDC. Uh, the day will come when you won't be is literally uh, what Jenner says to Rick uh, before they leave the CDC when 
uh, when Rick tells him thank you for opening the doors. Fun. So. Fun fact. Night. Yeah. All right, that's roughly all I got. Anyone else have anything else they want to chat about quick before we get into talking about how bad microtransactions are? AJ, yeah? Uh, I just want to say real quick, I played some of that Microsoft Flight Simulator on my uh, Xbox Series X. Um, it's uh, still pr really good. It's basically equivalent to um, what I can probably do on my uh, PC that I built. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the one thing, though, um, when, when I played it uh, last year uh, on my laptop and, and everything... Um, I never used the controller for the menus. I had to plug a mouse into my Xbox today to navigate the menus. Yeah, in they're the, not great. I, what? I don't know how they're, how they're so bad for this port. Apparently you could, like, on Reddit said they could, you can apparently use the D-pad, but that wasn't working properly for me. And, it, like, I tried everything. So I and was I just, able I was able to use the D like I booted it up and started doing some of the tutorials and I was able to use the D pad. Um, yeah, so. I don't know what was going going wrong for me today, but yeah, it it, it was kind of I I I literally reduced the the, the size of all the um the the uh menu UI and uh, text and stuff on my screen so I could read it all because it was all zoomed in super super tight for assuming you're going to be on t like some of the like maybe the game runs on series x but i don't think the rest of the game is ready for series x like if they were testing it there they probably had a mouse and keyboard hooked up to their dev units and you know did it that way without thinking really thinking of how to best utilize the the controller but i it just was not functioning for me so, so quite question for you. Does it feel yeah. like the way the Destiny menus feel, where they're PC first and then ported over yeah, to a con yeah. console? Yeah, like it's it's like that. Except I I would prefer at this point I would prefer that Destiny style cursor control scheme that is, you know, poisoning like, every game that comes well, you out. Get the, if you use the analog stick, you get the Destiny style cursor. It wasn't yeah. popping up. Yeah, it wasn't you need happening. To, you need to figure out why that's not working. Um, it wasn't happening. I, I'm I'm wondering. I booted if... it up today. I booted it up today and installed the what is it, forty gig patch that needed to download. Yeah, and, and fuck, for, forty um, gig patch for an already over a hundred gig game. Great. Yeah, love, I think love, it's under a hundred gigs. It's still under a hundred gigs. It just bad. replaced a bunch of shit. But uh, yeah, I it just. What a lovely generation we're in. One thing I'll give them kudos for, and this actually yeah. might be what screwed you up, AJ, so I would go in here and, and check. Um, mm -hmm. They've done this same thing that a lot of game or more games are doing, and absolutely more of them need to be doing this. The first thing they present to you is the accessibility menu mm -hmm. with voice navigation turned on or voice prompts turned on, all of that, so yeah. that you can properly go through and set things the way you want to. I'm wondering if you screwed something up in there. Maybe, because the first thing I tried to do, because I, it's not an accessibility feature that I need, the descriptive text for everything, uh, I turned that off right away. Yeah, and so that's where I first noticed that, why isn't the controller doing what I am expecting it to be doing right now? And I eventually had to get a mouse and stick stick the little dongle into my USB port on my Series X and do it that way. So, 
And hopefully you're able to resolve that. Uh, Cozy, yeah. Haley, anything else you want to chat about or should we get right into it? Uh, no. I just want to say quickly. So last week, uh, it pains me to say it, AJ, but I decided to finally put Donkey Kong 64 to rest. Oh, uh, no. You know, as I have talked about in past episodes of the show, the game definitely grew on me over time. I definitely found the diamonds of the in the rough in that classic Nintendo 64 platformer. But uh, eventually I just reached a point where I kind of had a conversation with myself and I realized that pretty definitively I was not having any fun. So I decided to put it to bed. I might come back to it one day, but probably not anytime soon. And you know, sometimes in life you make a difficult decision and like literally the minute after you make that difficult decision, something incredibly fortunate and cool happens. And it's like, oh man, this is a message from up high letting me know that I made the right decision. Uh, That happened right after I quit Donkey Kong 64 because I started up Katana Zero, uh, the gruesome uh, platforming game that came out for the Nintendo Switch in 2014, uh, not 2014, 2019. 2014 Switch wasn't even a twinkling in Iwata's eye. Uh, And man, oh man, that game, which I've already beaten, is a ton of fun. Um, I I really wish that game had come out on other platforms. It's PC and Switch only, I think. Yes, and it's which is a little bit surprising because that game originally was unveiled via a Nintendo Direct. Which, if you've played that game, you'll know that it ha- goes to some pretty crazy places. It is not the kind of game that you typically associate with Nintendo's platforms, uh, especially in an instance like this where it's exclusively on Nintendo's uh, platform outside of PC. Uh, but yeah, this game is fantastic. Normally I don't really connect with, uh, video games where it's like really frenetic action and it's one hit kills, uh, both on yourself and everyone else. I didn't really get into hotline Miami, for example, which is something me and Nathan talked about in our previous episode together, but this game totally clicked. This was a ton of fun. If you've not played uh, this game yet and you own a switch, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I loved my time with Katana Zero. I think it does some really interesting things with its story, with its gameplay. It's it's phenomenal. So if you haven't already, definitely check that out. That's the thing. Um, the game, like obviously the sword play and combat is great and all, but the dialogue system is actually really novel in that game as well. There's one particularly cool moment in the middle of the game where they kind of use the dialogue system in a really clever way that if you play the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it here know exactly what you're talking about, but one thing Katana Zero does not have is microtransactions. Who's Michael and why is he transacting things? Damn. So much because so he wants to get that, all of your money. So much so that the creator of Katana Zero is still planning on releasing Katana Zero's DLC for free when he eventually completes it. I thought that was still in the works. It's still in the works. It's like 60% of the base game, but it's not yet released. I feel like that's going to, we're tangenting again. I feel like that's going to go the way of Hollow Knight Silk Song of eventually it'll just mm. release as its own. Like it'll, it'll like the scope will continue to grow and it'll just end up being its own new side story. They release as standalone yeah. content. That um, would make sense. We'll see. Katana one. We'll go with Katana one. Um, but no microtransactions. We wanted to get together, talk about microtransactions because earlier AJ and I talked about the monetization model briefly for Pokemon Unite, but the fact that it has a play to win mechanic kind of soured us both on that experience and has done so for a lot of the internet. Um, so we kind of yeah. wanted to talk the good, the bad and the ugly of all things 
microtransactions and how we feel like companies could do better to improve the experience while also being cognizant that these transactions are here because they need to make money and uh, we can't just say, oh, make it so you don't need this to progress because ultimately they need people to do these things because they need to make money. But we'll do our best to, to, to toe the line there. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. What do y'all got? What do you got for me? Well, okay. We, we touched briefly on specifically the my, my, microtransactions in Pokemon Unite. I just want to point out something uh, upcoming where where my microtransactions are, or if you even want to call it that, um, are are done well. Extra monetization on a live service, we'll we'll say, um, and that's you know we we talked about it uh, in in your your return episode with uh, Alex Ballant here, but Halo Infinite is taking it a different direction because they need all the goodwill that they can at the moment. I, I assume that's the primary motivation, but the battle pass for that does not expire. Uh, when, like after you buy it and you can earn things from it at any point from the time you purchase it until the very end, everything that, that comes with it, is purely cosmetic and does not change the way the game plays or feels or anything like that. So everybody remains on a competitive level ground. And that, which that is, is just also good. the, which is also the approach that I believe Fortnite takes. Right. And that is like the most yes. successful microtransaction model you can look at, but I feel like they kind of caught lightning in a bottle there with how relevant it became pop culturally to get yes. people involved. Haley, go ahead. So, uh, no, just so Fortnite's not pay to win. However, they have had controversy with certain emotes being able to be used uh, to dodge bullets uh, because hmm. the way the emote works is that the hit, like, for example, one of the, one of the emotes is the watermelon man dance. I don't know is the guy's vine, but like watermelon, the vine guy. Yeah. He, I know that guy. Yeah. Uh, I do not. Of, his dance where he's like walking down the street like this. That's in nice there, and the way that the, the way that that uh, that emote works allows the character to dodge bullets. Um, they fixed it, of course, because people complained about it. But like, there have been times where they'll release an emote, and you know, they didn't account for the fact that it allows like bullet dodging, which you know, you can dodge bullets in Fortnite if you're really good at the game on your own, but like an emote that's just supposed to be like a cosmetic thing that's not supposed to affect gameplay. That's obviously something they gotta fix, right? So like they've been pretty good about that. Um I don't know that I'd call it a great uh a great level of monetization because they added Superman this season to Fortnite, right? Great. Uh you can't buy him until August eleventh. Um and <laughs> The way they've changed again the way the battle pass works, but you know that's that's not what the talk here is about. But like generally, unless you're playing Fortnite for like hours on end every day, you're not gonna get everything in the battle pass. So so like that's that's not the best thing. But again, for like the ten bucks for the battle pass, it's at least a, a model to strive for. I I think another thing to look at if we're looking specifically towards the Pokemon company and this new free-to-play endeavor they've gone on 
is look at how goddamn successful their last one was in terms of how much money it made them. Pokemon yeah. Go, as of 2021, has made $5 billion. Yeah, with in a five B years. In five years. Billion dollars. Mm. It's asinine how much money that game has made for the Pokemon company. And it just seems like if Pokemon are put onto something of this ilk, it's likely going to generate a lot of income. So I'm hopeful that to Haley's point, actually, the, one of the things that developers need to do with regards to their microtransactions is listen to their community. If you're not going to make change to improve the overall quality of the game, you're going to say you're going to see players walk away from it. And right yeah. now, there are a lot of people and a lot of eyes on Pokemon Unite. And if they can't keep them there because people get burnt out by not being able to compete in ranked because everyone has leveled up items too fast or any of the other things that we may or may not like about it, it's gonna turn people off from the game whereas something yeah, like pokemon go with as approachable as it is has done a great job of selling millions of incubators and incenses and lucky eggs and stuff over the years to keep people hooked essentially so just as somebody that sorry, go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say i just like i'm not quite familiar on what started the microtransactions but i know that one of the things that's lauded is like horse armor from bethesda yeah so the like the horse the horse armor i i would take horse armor these days over yeah. some of this other stuff because what is that you're paying you're you're giving them a tip for what is essentially cosmetics yeah that, exactly. like that's what we've come so far around now we actually like horse armor and the concept of it. it it's still funny to me that they for april fools they discounted all the other dlc for oblivion but increase the price for horse armor and then just never decrease the price. Oh, wow. I didn't know they did that. That's amazing. Uh, well, like the year it came out, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, that's that's the thing because, yeah, we've come around on horse armor, but then if you look at, like, and, you know, U Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard have their own controversies right now. Uh, Shitty I, companies. They need to fix yeah. their shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm my not, God. I'm not diving into that here, but my point is, is I'm about I, to talk I about Ubisoft. I brought it up as something we could potentially talk about, but... I don't think we're the ones to talk about it. Listen to the people who are yes. being harassed, who are being belittled in their day-to-day. -day. Hear their stories, promote their stories, make sure that yeah. these companies are held accountable for these terrible things they're doing. Yeah, I that was just... Said, Go make, ahead, Haley. I was just making mention of it because I'm about to mention a Ubisoft title. Go for um, it. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, more than half of the armor sets in that game are microtransactions. Like, literally, there are, like, nine armor sets in the base game, and there are, at this point, 11 armor sets you can buy in the microtransaction uh, Helix store or whatnot. Now, I'm not opposed to them adding armors in that, but when, you know, your game is, like, I have, uh, like, 200 hours in that game now. Um, wow. when, when your game to mainline everything is 56 hours, but to 100% complete, it's like over 100, and there's only like nine armor sets. That's oof. Now, Wrath of the Druids, their first expansion, that added um, that added like seven new armor sets, and apparently the Siege of Paris, which comes out in like two weeks, is gonna add seven more. So like, but then you've got to buy the DLC to get those armor sets. So there's still only nine in the base game. And each armor set, like, depending on if you want, like, the mount and everything that comes with it, is anywhere from, like, 15 bucks to, like, 30 for an armor set. It's, 
I would much rather pay like what was horse armor originally like four ninety nine to yeah, was like fifty. Yeah, I was reading. I'm gonna do it, and y'all aren't gonna be happy about it, cozy. We'll get back to Pokemon Go in a second, but I feel like the most prevalent example of the horse armor argument in a game happened very recently in something near and dear to my heart, and that's in Marvel's Avengers, where. The skins in that game are so cost prohibitively expensive that I've only used in-game currency earned through their free battle passes. Well, free-ish to to purchase those. So I like, in a premium title, they've given you six battle passes that don't expire that you can complete whenever. And then each of those give you enough currency to unlock future ones. Which is great. And I used it to buy the Cap and Iron Man skins from Avengers Endgame. Because I think they're cool. Um, But the rates of... Like if you had to buy those things outright. And I'm sure there are people that have done so. It's dumb. Yeah. Greg keeps... Greg Miller. uh, You know, world's biggest Marvel's Avengers game fan. No, no, that's me. That's me. Yeah, no. Mitch takes that title. Uh, Unfortunately, Uh, Mitch. Coming for you, Greg. (laughs) Coming for you. Coming for the crowd. Well... Well, hey, he he got Gino uh, suspended from Twitter, so let's not get Mitch suspended from Twitter. Um, Bring it. <laughs> um, but Greg keeps posting all these armor sets, and I'm just like, dude, that armor set alone is like $40. What the heck? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's all, that also might not be something that he's... We don't. We don't know what his we don't. Yeah, we don't know what his habits his, are or yeah relationships but, he may have with Square, like we or Crystal, like yeah, we don't it, know. It's but different like, when you're behind the curtain like that, but yeah. Uh, but even even still, like the uh, two thousand credits is usually what each of those legendary uh, skins eighteen hundred, right? I think, or fourteen hundred. I don't know. It's it, it's it, one it, of the it's ones the where you of about twenty bucks. About twenty yeah, bucks. Where you, can well, I, you can't just yeah, but the thing is, is that like to buy credits for it, you would have to buy the larger one or two of the smaller ones. Yeah. You can't just buy the fourteen hundred credits, so you're at least spending thirty dollars on one armor set. Yep, it's ugh. Yeah, Wasn't, and that's that's one of the things I don't like about the way microtransactions are these days, and it's actually something that. I can't think of a single game that doesn't do this for their microtransactions where it's just you buy it straight up in cash, but they all have their own in-game currency that you have to buy a specific amount of and can never buy the exact amount that you need because they want you to have this purse. And you know what? Ontario government, you do the same shit with your Presto card and I'm sick of it because I've got $2 sitting on that card that I've not been able to use in 18 months. Mm. And that's $2 of my money that you have that I don't. And that's not fair. Actually, I can think of one developer. Go for IO. it. IO Interactive. Uh, so, for, for the first time, because, you know, there was, of course, season passes for Hitman 1 and 2. But for Hitman 3, they have the um, season of Pride. Assassination. Well, yes, but like the pride level packs individually, you can buy the season pass for them or you can buy them individually. And each like pack comes with like five or six variations on a level. And it's like seven bucks or sorry, it's now 10. Thanks, Canadian government for adding tax to the (laughs) PlayStation store. Nah, I mean, Sony was just finding ways to skirt the rules and not charge us tax. 
Uh, yeah, but like so 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 did Google, and I bought a lot of things on Google Play, and now they charge me tax too. Oh, to be Canadian. So no. still mad at you, Presto, for keeping my money. It's not cool. I back my don't money. have a. I don't have a Presto card because we don't have the subway here. So <laughs> yeah, it's more of a more of a Toronto or GTA issue. Yeah. But even yeah. then, it's it's a similar system of hey, you load this with X amount of dollars, but each trip is only y or x minus y yeah so it's never going to come out to zero you're never gonna have a zero dollar balance and all these other games do it with their gems and diamonds and credits and uber credits and all this other crap and call uh, call of duty points mm -hmm. uh pokey coins to get us back to the pokemon go talk because cozy's been sitting there he's been revving up he wants to talk pokemon go and it's monetization model I'm happy that Donkey Kong 64 didn't come out nowadays because, you know, they would have added in another currency into that game. And pay, pay, super, pay 50 super bananas to hear the Donkey Kong rap again. Yeah. Oh, hell or yeah. Or to hear the second half or the second verse. Hell yeah. No, yeah. I did want to say, like, to me, I think Pokemon Go speaks to an example of a game that I think has... Uh, I'm trying to search for the right word here because I don't want to say ethical, but... It, it's microtransactions are definitely an example of a currency that's a little bit less egregious than some of its peers. Um, the thing is, is that you can purchase, you know, your lucky eggs, which uh, double your experience points over the course of 30 minutes. You can purchase incubators that allow you to uh, incubate more eggs and hatch more Pokemon. But the thing is, is that with all these items that you can purchase from the store with the help of microtransactions, there is always uh your part to play in terms of actually really taking advantage of them there's no item that you can purchase that's just a win button that's just hey here's seventy thousand more experience points you always once you get your lucky egg have to be like all right well now i have to prepare a bunch of pokemon uh that will take most advantage of those experience points that i can evolve or i have to go out into the wild and i have to actually walk around and catch pokemon uh or you know walk enough steps to hatch the eggs uh that are now in their respective incubators there is always a degree of work that you still have to put in to yeah. actually make the microtransactions worth it i yeah and and so one of the biggest reasons that i haven't played pokemon go in a long time is my own inability to organize the pokemon box that i have um the way that i want to do it is i want to be able to you know there there's like third party there, there's like a third party app that you can download that you know kind of reads your, reads your screen and the pokemon that's on it um mm -hmm. and, and gives you the um the stats of it in in a way that's properly broken down and i i just want to know if it's uh you know what percent it is is it like a hundred percent is is it a perfect pokemon or is it not um and technically by paying to increase your box size and paying to be able to buy more pokeballs and stuff you theoretically you're giving yourself more of a chance to bot to basically capture a a perfectly stat stated pokemon um, maxed out maxed out that's the word um a perfectly maxed out pokemon so it does kind of dip its toe in that but it, it there is so much maintenance you would have to do to make that at any point like reasonable that it kind of gets away from that a little bit because you can take your pokemon and battle each other if you wanted kind of mm. competitively 
Yep. Um, there is there is ways to do that now. And so it is in there. They have dipped their toes into it, but you know, it, it, it requires so much work on your part. Is it necessarily worth it? Is it necessarily that big a deal? The majority of people aren't going to care. I, I think you just hit the main chord of what is driving this whole microtransaction movement, the whole model, whether it be mobile, console, wherever. It's not about everybody. No. Right? It's about that 0.1% of users that the will whales. go in and spend hundreds of dollars a month, if not more, on some of these titles, also known, as AJ said, as whales. But Whale let's, lords. Let, let, no. let's be clear here. <laughs> some of these quote-unquote whales are people with autism, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, other uh, mental health issues that cause, like, the microtransactions are primed to give you that serotonin boost that you crave. Absolutely. And a lot of those quote-unquote whales are people who really can't afford it, but the microtransaction is just there it's, going, hey, yeah. like, you buy me, I'll give you it's that predatory. serotonin boost. Yeah, like, they're, it's predatory. they're predatory models, and it's it's not great. Um, and I will, I, I will say we've been harping on Pokemon Unite a lot because that is the flavor of the week with regards to microtransactions. They actually do a couple of things to reduce that behavior, which I appreciate. It's not... The game does not bash you over the head saying, hey, you can't have this unless you give us money. You have to really go and, and find a lot of these things, which is another thing I don't like about the game. Everything's buried in under six menus and oh it's impossible God. to find it. In, yeah. in a very Nintendo-like way. Yeah. But there is also yeah. a gotcha mechanic in the game where after you earn a certain amount of in-game experience, you can spin the wheel and get something. Yeah. But they give you the option to turn off the animation of spinning the wheel and dropping the thing and popping and all of that. That's, and that actual animation is a lot of what that serotonin inducer or inducing behavior is driven by. You see it a lot with like slot machines and you see it now specifically with like even lo- like lottery tickets, scratch tickets, you scan yeah. them. It does a whole oh, thing. Oh it's, my it's, God. it's all of the- that visual stimulant and the fact they give you, they at least give you the option to disable it is a nice thing of them to do. Yeah, the Lightning Lotto OLG game or whatnot is like, oh my god. So, the one that's gotten my household has been the Plinko one. Oh, where when you yeah, scratch that and you, if you get a Plinko card, you drop a Plinko chip on the screen. Man. And maybe it's $5 or maybe it's we, a million or whatever. I, so, I really want to take you to Japan now and we can go to a proper like pachinko arcade and uh, see how you fare i will spend I, way too much I, money yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'm just i only i only brought up the olg games is because hi for anybody who doesn't know i used to uh, technically i'm still employed by them but like i haven't had a shift in months uh hi i work for a local convenience store chain technically uh in ontario called avondale uh obviously selling lottery tickets is is part of that uh, the lightning lotto is a pain in the neck because it just gives you that big crack of lightning as like it reads out your ticket. Um, the Pachin- the the plinko mach- one that uh, Mitch mentioned as well, pain in the neck. Um, I don't know, like scratch tickets are there to do that as well. But like in the gaming sphere, like obviously again mentioning a company under fire here, uh, Overwatch started a lot of this too. Where like they'll give yep. you that one, they'll give you that one free, um, box, and then you know they'll have timed events with like, oh, you can buy these now, but you have a better chance of getting them out of a box, and so like, 
Yeah, and I, I think we're going to get more and more of that from Pokemon Unite unless they're able to really take feedback from their community because a lot of what I've been able to unlock in the game is be because there's been, you know, a, a you know, game just launched bonus or uh, the daily challenges or whatever that'll change to something else that'll be even harder to hit eventually. And it hopefully that it doesn't slow down with how generous it's been, but I imagine it will. Cozy, go ahead. Quickest, just quick aside, Mitch. How much uh, do you despise loud noises? Do you tolerate them, or do you have a tough? time Depends with them? on the noise. I really don't like fireworks. Um, hmm. But for whatever reason, when I was at Disney, I loved their fireworks. So I don't know what they do different, but it doesn't crash the same way others do. Um, and that's actually mostly tied to, to tinnitus. Um, when I was twenty-one. I suffered from a case of uh, sudden severe hearing loss where I woke up one morning and had 1% hearing left in my right ear. Um, so I, I had no hearing in my right ear for about a month. Uh, thankfully, the doctors at uh, Toronto's Michael Guerin Hospital, specifically the, um, the uh, ear, nose, and throat specialist that I saw, um, was able to, through a series of, of steroids, both... Uh, pill form as well as liquid steroid injections through my eardrum into the ear canal oh, were able to stimulate the oh, nerves yeah. enough that my hearing has come back. But since I've had tinnitus in my right ear and loud noises, social events, too much people talking, it's it very much like aggravates it. Um, yeah. So long story short, it depends. That went in a very unexpectedly serious direction. Uh, all that to say, though, you probably will want to avoid the pachinko parlors in Japan because I went into Bring one of plugs. those while I was there, and it was like being on the in the inside of a car engine. To be honest, I, I tend to travel with earplugs, and like even concerts I go to now, I take earplugs with me. What I really want to get, and it would actually help with the podcast, the stuff, Castlevania too. erotic violence pachinko. Uh, machine. No, that has nothing to do with it. I want to get like a proper set of audio <laughs> monitors. What? That's both cancel noise as well as let the noise, like let they let certain noises through, but not to that volume. Like you can control it, which would be really nice. Um, but we'll see. What the hell is a Castlevania erotic? What? I, I won't Violence. show it live I don't, on we stream. Don't, we don't need to get into it at all. <laughs> That's true. We don't. We really don't. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I started. I started something here. I apologize. I have never heard of this before, but. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I need to. Go I don't back know to how we move on from this. Do we just end the podcast <laughs> here? Like, uh, maybe. I mean, again, microtransactions could be improved in that. Like, hey, maybe, maybe, like, not charge thirty dollars for an armor pack. Um, okay. Let, let Let's do that then. Let's Let's go around the table. This virtual table because the only person hmm. I've seen in person in the last eighteen months is AJ, um, <laughs> and that was masked at a distance. It was not. Pleasant, hey, no, but it was nice to see him. No judgment. Um, I saw oh, no, a friend. It was very pleasant. I saw a friend for the first time since 2014 on uh, Saturday. So, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nice getting back to normal. Um, but when it comes to the future of microtransactions in games and getting to whatever that new normal is, what would we each like to see companies strive to do with regards to how they implement microtransactions in their games? Cozy, I want to hear yours first. Yeah, I mean, re reiterating what I was saying earlier about Pokemon Go, make it so that um, 
microtransactions uh, are things that you know help enhance your gameplay experience, but you still have to put in a lot of effort to fully get the benefits of them. And maybe don't even be afraid about like having them be kind of temporary things. I mean, when you think about it, things like the incubators or the uh, lucky eggs are temporary boosts as well, uh, which. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I know some people like don't really like the idea of that, but I like the idea of like, hey, you get this microtransaction, you can only activate it for a very brief period of time. So better, you know, fully be prepared to use it in that period of time. Okay. Uh, Haley, what would you do to improve microtransactions in games? Depending on the game, uh, you know, if it's like a loot box uh, type environment, which that's a whole other conversation, but like, uh, obviously some stores have done this where they'll tell you the odds of what getting an item is, but like maybe actually show you, um, like in big bold letters or whatnot, like what the percentage of getting an item is, uh, particularly if you're looking for them, um, you know, maybe show you what's in the box or like what's in the chance of it. Uh, if we're just talking like armor sets in general, maybe don't charge 30 bucks for them, please. Um, I don't know, maybe five to seven bucks is good because like, I don't know if we're counting like expansion packs or whatnot in microtransactions because that's more of like a DLC thing. But like Hitman kind of does it best. Like you're getting like an escalation contract and a specialized version of a level and a bunch of other like stuff for seven bucks if you're just buying it separately. Like that's not bad at all. And you're even getting like exclusive weapons or whatnot with that. Uh, that as opposed to paying thirty bucks for an Iron Man skin in Avengers, I don't know. I'm just thinking of a game off the top of my head here. Uh, that's they're a little... good skins, okay? They put lots of effort into some hey, of them. Hey, to be fair, the 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 end game skins look fantastic. I still would not pay thirty dollars for one. Neither would I. So so like maybe don't charge that much for skins. Uh, on a whole, I think the industry needs a reckoning when it comes to microtransactions, though. I think they kind of need to start going away. Like, yeah, if you're gonna sell DLC, sell DLC, but don't do, like, the, like, piecemeal tiny content. Like, and yeah, CD Projekt has their issues, but I think The Witcher 3's, like, extra content stuff, that stuff was done well, and it was free. You only had to pay for the two expansions, like... Do that if you have to. I want to just very quickly jump off. You know, you were saying uh, like that more developers should make a point of showing the chances uh, you have of getting certain items in games that have gotcha mechanics. Please, games that have gotcha mechanics, stop adding randomness on top of randomness. Don't be like, hey, you have a 3% chance of getting this super rare character. But on top of that, you also have a... 3% chance of that 3% chance of getting an uber rare ultra platinum yeah. version of that character. I experienced that a lot back when I used to play Kingdom Hearts Union X and it was real annoying. Wasn't it Union Cross? It, it changed its name multiple times. Okay. Um, I will say, jumping I off think that, I'm not anticipating the 0.5% chance that you have of getting the Cinderace skin out of this season's gotcha box from... Uh, pokemon unite that being said one thing that game does that i wish games would not do is if i get a duplicate cosmetic don't give me a chance of getting the duplicate cosmetic just give me something different instead of credits that i'm probably not going to use on cosmetics yeah. 
Overwatch does that too, where you'll get where you get a duplicate and you get like 150 Overwatch yep. credits, and it's like Battlefront well, was really well, bad about that. Well, that's useless. All right, AJ, what would you do? Um. Okay. Well, first, it, like they all they all need to be a little more con- consumer friendly and less uh, predatory, in my opinion. Um, as somebody with ADHD, which is technically uh, lightly on the autism spectrum as well, Haley, um, yep. I do get that itch. Um, I do get that 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 need, that desire. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I totally get that, and I totally know that feeling. And sometimes there are a few things that'll that'll satiate it, and and quite frankly, that's not okay. Um, you know, so when PUBG first came out. Um, it was my first introdu- true introduction into what is the Steam Marketplace. Are you guys familiar with that? Uh, yep. 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 So the items and cosmetics that you would get and unlock from the loot crates, you could then turn and sell them for real game credit um, that you could use in the Steam store um, for real game credit. Um, and... It, and and just and you would get money. Sometimes it was worth pennies. Sometimes it was worth a thousand dollars, for some yeah. reason. And the Steam Marketplace, much you know, probably not quite like the stock market, but um, is completely um, the the way it functions is by the market itself. The market drives it, and if there is a demand for an item, people will be able to sell it for more. And if there is not a demand that people who just want to get rid of whatever their their Steam inventory and reduce that down, um, you know, whether it be trading cards or in-game items or whatever, and, you know, all cosmetic stuff, you know, they can how, put it up there and make, and make some of their money back. Um, common example, by the way, are like profile banners or trading cards from like Alan Wake. They're, they go for like 11 cents exactly, all the time right? on the marketplace. And I just remember the the first time with um, PUBG, um, uh, when when that was the 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 new hotness back in 2017, I was able to go into the marketplace and find um, probably for more money than it's worth now, um, but still not too completely unreasonable. Like I probably paid, you know, thirty dollars total for for the outfit that I wanted to wear all the time in that. Um, which is the value of the game. So it's like I gave them, you know, gave the Steam Marketplace a tip on it, and, you know, I was able to dress my character the way I wanted. Um, You know, I don't think you can necessarily do... There is room for something like the Steam Marketplace on a Nintendo platform, but uh, other marketplaces, I'm sure, could dabble in that, that area for some sort of like store credit or something like that. Hey, you got this in-game item that you got, you got your duplicate that you don't want here, get some in-game money back. And then you can maybe make some more money back to buy another chance to roll again or something. And something like that. Like even if it's contained within the same marketplace, like it it would be better than just gone. I think for me, the biggest thing I want to see change when it comes to microtransactions is stop having microtransactions related to gameplay. I don't 
don't sell people yeah. level skips because it encourages bad behavior. Don't yeah. sell people ways to be better at the game because it encourages them to spend more money than they can just to be better at their than their friends at a specific game. Stick Time to the savers. Fortnite model. Stick to the Avengers model to an extent. Stick to um, other games that do that sort of thing. Of Just stick to cosmetics. Like Stick to things that don't have an impact on gameplay. But will make your gameplay experience more fun for you personally. But don't have it detract from the experiences of others. Because that just, it creates a whole snowball effect uh, that these companies prey on of, yeah. well, he did this to get better, so I'm going to have to do the same. Otherwise, I'm not going to enjoy my time with it. As soon as you introduce pay-to-win mechanics, the game becomes less fun for everybody. Because it's either costing you more in terms of money or in terms of your, you know, value, the way you value your time or the time you spend on games. And it's it's just not fair. It's not nice. This is a, this should be. And right now is very clearly obvious that this is not a nice industry. No. It's not. Like people need to be better to each other regardless of whether it's in microtransactions or just being human beings. Like just treat each other with some respect and don't prey on the weaknesses of others. Which is what most of these microtransaction models do. Yep. Yeah. Also like you mentioned like don't do like gameplay stuff. Don't do time savers either because then you're deliberately slowing down the way gameplay mechanics work like look i love assassin's creed odyssey uh i enjoy valhalla much preferred odyssey's like experience but when you're selling time savers that means you deliberately fiddled with the mechanics so that you want to buy the time saver so yeah and no matter how many times they say oh no 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 this is the way it was meant to be played but if you don't have time for that give us more money no you you did it to incentivize us to spend more money make, make your game good first and then you know inside baseball here i reached level 91 in that game uh hi i bought the time saver uh i experienced like the first 16 hours of that game without the time saver yeah you fiddled with the mechanics there was absolutely no way at the end of that game if you did not have the time saver you would be high enough level for like the final boss absolutely i've talked about this before um, when I was in university, my guilty pleasure game was this mobile game called Marvel's Avengers Academy, where you had like high school versions of the Avengers in a school mm-hmm. and you would set up facilities and that would foster interactions between characters and get you points or whatever. It was very much a mobile experience of, you know, put the thing down and it takes 12 hours to build or give us some premium currency. And uh, I'm guilty that I spent way too much money on that game, way more than I should have for something that ultimately got shut down and doesn't exist anymore. So I learned my lesson there. There are a lot of people that haven't learned their lessons, especially, and this is, if you have not, do check out Jason Schreier's new book, Press Reset. There's a great chapter on, I can't remember the game exactly, but the studio was forced to port it to mobile, forced to put in time savers, forced to do all those pay to win, pay to advance mechanics. Ultimately, the game was lambasted and the studio shut down. So do you want to put hundreds of people out of jobs to try and make yourself the next Fortnite, Or do you want to go out there and figure out what they do well and do it yourself? Yeah. that That's another conversation the industry needs to have. Like maybe don't always try and copy the hot game of the moment because by the time yeah. your game comes out, that game may not be hot anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. Figure out how to build the next Fortnite. Don't just be Fortnite. With worse yeah. monetization. 
That's all I got. Be better. We say it in every episode. Be better to each other. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. With that that being said, thank you for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ. If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to share and subscribe our YouTube channel. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find us. You can find us at Press YYZ. Uh, You can join us on Discord if you want. Invite.gg slash Press YYZ. Haley, you have anything that you want to promote while you're here with us? Uh, Yeah, you can catch me over on, um, as mentioned at the top of the show, PlayStation Experience. Uh, We record every every Sunday. Uh, Podcast usually goes live on Monday. Uh, We record over on Twitch.tv slash PSVG because it's for the whole network. So, like, all of our shows go live there. Um... Our previous episode just came out. Wow, I actually didn't even know that was still promoted, and I'm going to have words about that, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, hi. I'm not very happy to have seen that. Not at all. They didn't see it on, they didn't see it on Twitch because no. it cropped out the bottom part. Yeah, but I'm glad you showed it to me because we should not be promoting that. Absolutely no. No, hmm. not after what he's done. No. Um... That's inside baseball for people. Anyways, we record Sundays. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Shepard Zarel. Uh, and if you, I mentioned this on PlayStation Experience, it's a dying website, but I love it nonetheless. If you want to follow my shenanigans over on Tumblr, it's HaleyZarel.tumblr.com. So. Uh, and like I said, do be sure to drop that follow on Twitch because Cozy will be playing through Halo 2, continuing to do so on our Twitch channel. He'll be live next Monday. It's a holiday Monday. You have no excuse not to be there unless you're working, in which case I'm sorry. Uh, But until next time, thank you for playing.